Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where a deaf student has a fight with a music teacher. Our next Reddit post is from Not Dagir. So this happened a couple of years ago when I was in year seven. And for our international audience, that's a grade for 11-year-olds. One important thing to note with me is that I'm profoundly deaf in both ears, and I can't hear a single thing without the use of my cochlear implants. However, I can lip-read pretty accurately, so I'm not completely lost without them. Another thing to note is that my cochlear implants run on batteries, and they need to be replaced every two days. Most of my teachers were pretty understanding about this, and they would often go out of their way to make sure that I could clearly hear what they were saying. For example, they would seat me towards the front of the class, stand directly in front of me when addressing the whole class, etc. Except, I had this one teacher who was a hard ass about it. She also happened to be a music teacher. Also, this is probably the worst combo for me because music is my weakest subject, for obvious reasons. So, I've got a double period, which is about 1 hour and 30 minutes long. Anyway, so we start the lesson, and pretty much two minutes after we sit down, the batteries in my cochlear implants had run flat, and so I had to change them. However, my bag, which had my batteries in it, was in the next classroom over, so I raised my hand like an obedient little boy to ask if I could go and grab my batteries. At this point, I could still lip-read and understand what the teacher was saying, but I would much rather be able to hear, lol. Anyways, she pretty much ignores the fact that my hand is up, and after a couple of minutes, I pretty much get the hint that she doesn't want to answer my question. I thought, whatever, I can still lip-read and understand most of what she's saying. So, Mrs. L basically asked the whole class to go on their computers, listen to an audio file that she sent us via email, and then use that as inspiration to digitally create our own piece of music. She also wanted us to show it to the class at the end of the lesson. Now, because I didn't want to get into trouble, I raised my hand again to try to ask if I could get the batteries from my bag, but again, she ignored me. So I'm like, uh I don't even like music anyway, so no big deal. As a result, I pretty much sit in front of my computer screen doing nothing because I can't hear the audio file or make any somewhat decent piece of music. Remember, this is a double period, so it's a pretty long wait. After about five minutes, I get bored and decide to start talking to my friends. Did I mention that I can lip read? And basically, I let them in on the joke, and we're all trying our hardest to not laugh too hard. Pretty soon, word gets around the class, and now everyone can't wait until the end of the lesson to see what Mrs. L is going to do. The end of the lesson rolls around, and when it's my turn to play my piece of music, I pretty much just sit in silence, and the whole class starts laughing, but trying to stifle their laughter at the same time. Can you not hear me? I asked you to play your piece of music. I sit there in silence, and the laughter gets louder. Are you even listening to me? Are you trying to disrespect me by not listening to anything I say? Well... Honestly, just play your piece of music. It's not that hard. Trying to stifle my laughter at this point, I say, I can't. So this is how you treat your teachers? Get out of my class right now. So I leave the classroom, and I pretty much wait there until the lesson is over. I think she was expecting an apology from me, which was never going to happen. Because after a couple of minutes, she pops her head out the door and barks at me. You have absolutely no respect for your teachers. Meet me at the principal's office at lunchtime. So, at lunchtime, I meet her at the principal's office like she said. Another important thing to point out is that I'm actually pretty friendly with the headmaster. 
Mrs. L arrives, and the conversation goes as follows. This guy was giving me attitude during my lesson, and he wouldn't listen to me. I would like to give him Friday after-school detention, but I feel that he deserves to get a Saturday detention. The headmaster turns to me. So, what happened, OP? Well, my batteries from my cochlear implant died, and I raised my hand to ask if I could get the replacement batteries from my bag, but she ignored me. Mrs. L looks like she just had an epiphany. He asked her, Well, are you sure about this? Because OP doesn't have any prior record about being disobedient. Mrs. L, looking a bit flabbergasted, said, Yes, I am absolutely sure that he was disrespecting me. I said, Sir, you know that I'm deaf, and I would never do that on purpose to a teacher. Well, I'm inclined to believe the student here. If you have no proof otherwise, there's nothing to discuss. Mrs. L then goes extremely red as she realizes her mistake and storms out of the office. The headmaster gave me a slight smile before ushering me out of the office as well. Ever since then, Mrs. L has never ignored me whenever I had my hand up. Down in the comments, we have this post from Mad Kit Kat. Sounds like my 5th grade teacher who told my blind classmate to describe a picture. <laughs> um, well, it's flat, it's smooth... It's slightly cold to the touch. Um, it kind of smells like paper, I guess. Our next Reddit post is from Rajmi Salvi. This happened in January, and today the malicious compliance was done not by me, but by the committee of the society where I live. This drama conveniently happened in front of my window. In my city, the residential complexes are managed by housing societies much like the HOA system in the USA, just not as horrible. Each society has their own committee to manage day-to-day -day affairs. Also, since my society has much more parking spaces than it has cars, it has no designated parking spots allotted to the residents. Anyone can park their vehicle wherever they want, but it must be in a marked parking spot. People mostly park their cars in the same parking spot just because of convenience and habits. Everyone mostly respects each other's spot, and I have never seen any confrontations happening because of parking. So, for those of you who don't know, the 26th of January is the Republic Day of India. And all over the country, the day is celebrated by a flag hoisting ceremony in the morning. The flagpole of our society where the flag hoisting ceremony will be held is just in front of our main gate. There are two parking spaces just under the flagpole. All other parking spaces are further away from the main gate, and you have to walk some distance to reach there from the main gate. The thing to note is that these two parking spaces are very, very convenient for people in the apartments that are facing this flagpole. However, out of respect, people have left one of the parking spaces for one elderly person whose apartment faces the flagpole, and the other spot is taken up by an annoying kind of person who never moves his car from that spot, or else someone will steal his spot. If this person wants to get into his car, he just has to walk a dozen feet from his front door. On the evening of the 25th of January, committee members asked this person to move his car for one day so they could decorate and make other arrangements for the next day flag hoisting. Someone else had already moved the car for the elderly person. However, this annoying guy got frustrated about moving his car, and he argued with the committee people, saying that there was no such rule in the rulebook saying that he had to move his car, and if they wanted him to move his car, then they had to write that rule in the rulebook. After a bunch of arguments, the guy finally moved his car. The committee finished the decorations that night, and next day, a small but beautiful ceremony was held. 
And on that evening of the 26th, everyone in the society received a message that there was an emergency meeting of the committee. The rule book had been amended, and it had been decided that those two parking spots had to be converted into one parking spot. And anyone who wants to park in that one parking spot has to get special permission from the committee. As expected, only two people applied for that parking spot. The elderly person and the annoying guy. And today, the committee unanimously decided that the elderly person is much more in need of that convenient parking spot because of his age, and so he has that spot allotted to him for one year. So now, the annoying guy has to park far away from his apartment for at least one year. And I'm pretty sure that he's not going to get the spot next year either. I'm afraid that he's not going to like this once the rainy season comes. Also, we live in Mumbai, which is notorious for its horrible monsoon rains every year. And he has to suffer through all this just because he didn't want to move his car for one day. Today's episode is sponsored by Honey. I don't know about you, but I do literally 100% of my shopping online. Because of COVID, I pretty much have to shop online because, yeah, I don't want to catch COVID and die. But on top of that, I read stories for a living, so I can't afford to sound like this for three weeks straight. Don't you hate it when you get to checkout and you don't have a code to put in that little promo code box? With Honey, you never have to leave that box empty. Honey is a free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and automatically applies them to your cart. For example, I buy a lot of audio equipment and I just saved 15 bucks on a microphone with Honey at checkout. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. I'd never recommend something that I don't use. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash r slash. That's joinhoney.com slash r slash. Our next Reddit post is from Deleted. The customer is always right, right? This was the attitude of all upper management at the company that I used to work for. Despite us warehouse workers having the entire system down pat, the customers who would pick up their goods always seemed to know better. At first, it was the small things, telling us how to bag a lounge properly as they watched and corrected us, demanding that we open up an item, exposing it to the dirty elements in the warehouse, then throwing a tantrum and expecting us to clean the item that we had just unwrapped and repackage it. This eventually became bigger things, like customers abusing us if we weren't loading up a product, or if we didn't hurry up with unloading something, which usually resulted in an injury for one of the warehouse workers. Naturally, I would always try and reason with customers, which resulted in the area manager releasing a company-wide email detailing that in every scenario we could imagine, we had to do what the customer said, especially when it came to picking up their goods at either a store or a warehouse. The email finished with a morale-boosting statement that if any feedback or complaints against a worker involving correcting or contradicting a customer made its way to the area manager, that worker would be written up with an official warning. A few weeks later, we had a transfer from our interstate warehouse. This transfer included a stack of customer pickups. I signed off in the transfer paper, and the sales associates began calling customers and organizing pickups. Most of the pickups go smoothly, until we get to this douche wearing white pants, or White Pants McGee. White Pants McGee rocks up in his battered flatbed truck, wearing a polo shirt with a popped collar and slicked back hair. He scans the warehouse and snaps his fingers at me. I reluctantly walk over, and he stares at me expectantly. 
Yes, sir? You have my sofa. Are you picking it up, sir? Well, I won't be picking anything up. You boys are going to load it. He chuckles as he says this. Well, sir, as the sales associates would have told you, warehouse staff are unable to load anything up, and it's the customer's responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure your manager would be pissed knowing that you cost them a $9,000 sale. So I sigh and check the paperwork. This guy bought a four-seater sofa bed. It's heavy, cumbersome, and it will definitely be too big for the vehicle that he selected. White Pants McGee sees me checking the paperwork, and he smirks. Just do what I say, and it'll be easier for all of you. And what would you like us to do? Just load it up, and I'll take it from there. Okay, sir, just sign the paperwork. White Pants McGee signs off on the pickup, and that he's taking responsibility for transporting his goods. Myself and four other guys grab this monster of a sofa and load it up with a little bit of difficulty. I make an attempt to see if this guy needs any more help, and he snaps at me. I got this, chief. Let me do my thing. I shrug. This guy salutes us, then jumps into his car without strapping the sofa down. I go up to stop him and offer him some straps. But he slams the car into drive and begins driving at breakneck speeds towards the exit area and towards the main road. Me and the boys watch, holding our breath, as this moron takes a turn at full speed. The sofa kicks up a bit and then slams into the side of the truck. White Pants McGee slams on the brakes as he nears the main road. The sofa kicks up, hits the roof of the truck, and flips off, hitting the gravel road hard. The warehouse erupts in laughter as a sales associate rushes out to see what the commotion was. A few minutes later, the area manager was on the phone wanting to know what happened. I politely explained that the customer asked us to load up the sofa and only load up the sofa, and that he was happy to take care of the sofa once it was in the back of his truck. There was a pause, and I also happily pointed out that I could bring the signed-off contract to the area manager's office. Another long pause, and the area manager said, Don't bother. In the end, the sofa was damaged, and there were no repercussions because we did exactly what the customer instructed us to do. That guy's a sofa. As in, so f***ing dumb! Our next Reddit post is from Dodi Melody. This happened a few years ago. At the time, I was working for an internet service provider in one of their shops. My job was basically tech support on the spot, i.e. data transfer from devices, opening tickets for customers for their outages, that kind of thing. Among my duties, I also had to sell phone equipment, like cases, chargers, etc. I really liked my job. The customers were somewhat nice, being that they were mostly older people who didn't know how to use their device. I enjoyed helping them, and in return, they would stop by with pastries from the local bakeries. I had this one boss who was a stickler for numbers. Now, he wasn't necessarily a bad boss, but his unhinged obsession with our targets was weird. The man would not, could not comprehend that sales were down because no people were coming in. Weird guy. Anyway, one day, he calls me up to his office, and he has this strange one-on-one talk with me about how I need to get my sales numbers up, even though I don't work in sales. I asked him if he had a certain idea about how I should do this, seeing as how most of my clientele are older people who don't need selfie sticks, external batteries, or stuff like that. Figure it out, he said. Offer it to everyone, no exceptions. 
a few weeks go by, and he calls me up to his office again for what I thought would be a one-on-one again, but lo and behold, he needs a favor. His dad was in town, and he needed me to stay one extra paid hour to transfer data from his dad's old phone to his new one because he had an important meeting to attend. Sure thing, boss. His dad comes in, and he's such a good guy. We started talking and laughing about sports, cars, and other different stuff, and then it hit me. Cue malicious compliance. I offer this man everything. I stuffed his bag with all the goodies, and the final bill came up to around $200 instead of being free. He walked out happy. My boss, on the other hand, wasn't so cheerful. Never again was my productivity questioned, and I quit a few months later. Well, the guy did say no exceptions, so... That was r slash malicious compliance, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.